0: Hello, and we're back. Steve Wilson again, and we are still continuing our study through the book of Matthew. We are—we're actually—we're down to chapter 11, or at least the label that I put on my last uh, my last broadcast was or recording was uh, through the end of chapter 10. But I, there's actually something I missed that I think it's it's important. As I'm just kind of going back and listening to the things that I did and and uh, my notes and that sort of thing. There, there's a point that I need to make from those last two or three verses in chapter 10, and I'm going to have to I want to go back and pick that up, and then we'll just kind of move right on into chapter 11 here. Um, but if you if you go back to uh, Well, let's pick up in verse 40 of chapter 10, it says, And he that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth uh, him... Well, let me read that again. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward whosoever shall give a drink to one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily i say unto you shall in no wise lose his reward now what what he's talking about here is um, is relating ourselves to Christ uh, linking our and linking ourselves to one another um, in support of one another you know it's it, it reminds me of uh, Our support of missionaries, for instance, if we support a missionary and that missionary goes to some foreign land around the globe someplace and begins leading people to Christ, all the people that are supporting that missionary and praying for that missionary and are standing beside beside and behind that missionary, are have have every bit as much are every bit as much a part of that that soul that has been won as the missionary who actually witnessed to them. You know we we gain reward, for lack of a better term. I mean that's the one the Bible uses here. Um, by through relationship by association. Now the reason I really kind of want to bring that out is is this. The Bible talks about crowns that we win in heaven. They're rewards that we're given in heaven. There's a crown of rejoicing. for It's a soul winner's crown. It's talked about in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. Um, there's uh, an incorruptible crown. that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9.25, for one who gains control over his body. Um, there's a crown of righteousness in second timothy 4 8 um, which uh you god gives um, to them who are actively looking for and living their lives um, in such a way that they're looking for christ to return at any moment i know we talk about christ is coming back in any moment in time we know he could but we don't live like he is uh, but, but those who really are, who allow that thought to change their life, um, they're ones that, uh, that receive this reward. Um, and then there's a, there's a crown of life. He says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. When he tries, shall receive a crown of life. Um, then that's in James 1.12. There is a, a crown of glory. Um, and this is the one that uh, I, I want to mention. This is in First in, in uh, well, Peter chapter 5, verse 4. It's the shepherd's crown. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So he's talking about here, uh, of these five crowns, there's one reserved for the one who shepherds, or the pastor, the leader of the flock. And so I've heard people talk about these crowns before and how we can win them all, but they have this one that's reserved only for the, for the pastor. Well, it's true, it is, it is reserved for the, the shepherd of the flock. But, but here in, in the passage we read in Matthew verse 41, 41, specifically, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Receive a righteous man the name of a righteous man. Shall receive a righteous man's reward. So once again, we see as he's talking about um, reward by association. He, in this case, he specifically mentions a prophet's reward, which in, would be the shepherd's crown. The prophet was the shepherd of the Old Testament. Um, And those who stood by that prophet, and the prophets were often ridiculed and uh, looked down upon in in the world because they spoke the word of God. But um, the people who stood by them and offered them refuge um, and supported them and lifted them up are every bit as entitled to receive that crown that the shepherd receives as the shepherd you know if if you in, in today's uh, application it is vitally important that you support your pastor that you stand behind him because he's a lonely man i don't know if you really think about you know the life he has to lead because it's difficult for a pastor and especially a pastor's wife to have close friends because it tends to breed envy among the uh, the flock and so it's hard for him to put the time in with someone to be a very close special best friend most a lot of us have best friends it's hard for a pastor to have a best friend it's hard for a pastor to have someone he can talk to there are many things a pastor simply cannot share even to his wife He has to keep to himself. Uh, You know, I was a pastor for 27 years, so I know there are things you can talk about and there are things you can't talk about. And so you have to learn to keep things within you. You can talk to the Lord, obviously, and you can share things with him, and you you really have to learn to let that be your outlet. But it's not like having a friend that you can share your burdens with. So it is important that you lift your pastor up in prayer, that you... uh, let him know that you stand with him, that you are in support of him. Um, you know, remember that he is the shepherd, and he's got a lot to do. Look at yourself, we all know what our faults are, and, the, and and the pastor has to pastor a whole flock of volunteers, basically, in order to accomplish the things that God has assigned him to do, and that's, that's certainly not an easy thing to do. So. I want to go back and touch on that and, uh, and, and you know, request that you be in prayer about that and work toward that, that shepherd's crown. All right, let's move into chapter 11. And it starts off with my absolute most favorite phrase in scripture, and it came to pass. I love those few words. And it came to pass. Five little words that you hear so many times throughout Scripture. And it just says so much to me. Because in life, we obviously all have difficulties. We all have things we have to face. We all have things we dread. We've all been through things that we wish we didn't have to go through. But there's something about that passage that at least to me, I'm sure other people have different passages and things that the Bible says that you know, gets them through tough times. But this singular phrase has gotten me through more difficult times than any other phrase I can think of because it tells me that God in his infinite wisdom and in his grace and in his mercy, when he, when he was in heaven, and decided to create a universe, and create a, an Earth, and create man to serve Him. But he obviously knew what was going to happen. And and one of the things that He also created was time. You see, God is, is God transcends time. There's no such thing as time. When you get to when you get to heaven, when you when you think of things like. Uh, Uh, you know, space, matter, different things like that, we don't have any problem understanding that God created all those things. But we seem to struggle with the idea that God created time. Time is something he created just for you and I to use as a measurement. And so when you think about time, and when you think about the fact that he he knew how world events were going to transpire, were going to unfold, he also knew that things were going to have to happen he knew when he came to earth that he was going to have to endure the cross he lived his whole life knowing that he was gonna have to go to the cross and 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 when when he thought of the cross, when Jesus thought of the cross he thought about it in terms of the fact that it had to come in order for it to pass see all these things have to transpire for Jesus to come back um, you know, when he talks about the condition of the world, when he comes back, the second coming, mm-hmm. when the rapture comes and then the second coming and, you know, maybe we'll get into that in the latter parts of Matthew eschatology, but when you think about the condition of the world, when he finally comes back, it's, he talks about it being as in the days of Noah, it's, um, a very sinful situation. It's a time when uh, man is very depraved. And as bad as we think it is now, think about what it was like when Noah was alive. Certainly there weren't as many people, but comparatively, there was only eight people, eight souls there that that were honoring God. And, And so God saved those eight souls. Well, imagine what it was like living, being the only family on earth that was serving God. God destroyed everybody else. Can you imagine how evil it was? And Nobody, literally nobody, or at least today we have our churches that become our safe haven. We can go there and there's some people there that believe like we believe and they become our friends and we can lean on them to get us through and we know they're facing the same issues we are. Noah didn't have that. So one of these days it's going to be like that again and Jesus is going to come back Well, in order for Jesus to come back, and we all look so forward to the the millennial reign and eternity in heaven and and all the things that that we talk about, you know, when we leave this earth, in order for for that to happen, things have to come to pass. All these dreadful things that are talked about, of course, in the tribulation, all the things that lead up to the tribulation, those things have to occur. Because if they don't occur, and if they don't pass, Jesus doesn't come back. But he said he would. And it came to pass. And Jesus when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. So All the things that we've talked about here, you you notice he had drawn his disciples aside as he was prone to do from time to time. Speak to them first, give them assignment, make sure everybody was on the same page. Um, he, He did that in preparation of going out and sharing the gospel. He wanted them to know that they were not gonna be well received. And folks, you won't either. If you're gonna live for Christ, you're not gonna be well received. Um, and, and the longer you live, the worse it's going to get, and the more difficult it's going to be for you to share the gospel. Uh, not just because people don't want to hear it, but because legally it would become more difficult. I mean, we, we live in America. We live in a nation where we can do that freely. But there are so many nations where people literally risk their own lives. They know they, they can be beheaded or thrown in prison or persecuted in some other way simply for, for sharing the gospel. <clears throat> and so that, you know, that's the value of our church to go there and prepare and be ready for that. Um, but, but, but God, uh, Jesus took his disciples aside and he, he said, look, I, you know, these things are going to happen. And I need to share this with you so you're prepared. These things must come to pass. If people are going to be one to Christ, these difficulties you're going to have to face. These are the things you're going to have to uh, combat. Um, I think we're going to stop right there. We're right at about 15 minutes. We'll pick up in verse 2 next time. So God bless you. I hope God is walking with you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday School lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the Scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the word of god the meat and potatoes if you will so i hope you enjoy and pass along and share now let's get to the lesson